Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. It's November and that means it's National Family Caregivers Month. Never heard of it? Well, let me tell you a little bit about it. People celebrate National Family Caregivers Month each November. It's a time to recognize and honor family caregivers across the country. So what is a family caregiver? Well, it just might be you. A family caregiver is someone who cares for someone in their family, either an immediate family member or an aging parent or other relative, by providing daily care. Sometimes it's medical care in the case of if a family member has cancer or helping them pay their bills, make financial decisions, and basically making time in your life to care for someone else who would normally be able to care for themselves. The whole point of celebrating Family Caregivers during National Family Caregivers Month is to raise awareness of family caregiver issues, to celebrate the efforts of family caregivers, and to educate family caregivers about self-identification, how can you feel celebrated if you don't even know you're a family caregiver, and to increase support for family caregivers. I'll leave a link in the show notes to Caregiver Action Network, who has all kinds of wonderful resources that you can tap into if you are a family caregiver or you think you might be one. I've been a family caregiver at two different times in my life. The first time was when Pedro was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma back in 2001. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me when I finally reached the point of caregiver burnout without really realizing that I was a family caregiver. So at this point in time, it was late in 2001, Pedro was circling the drain. That's what the people in the medical profession call it, when someone's life hangs in balance and no one is sure whether they will live or die. He had an infection in his blood and it waged war on his chemo-weakened body. The doctors had started using drugs they thought might work. They also spent long minutes sitting on his bed, staring at him. It's never a good sign when a doctor takes the time to sit on a patient's bed. I felt so weary. For six months, we had battled cancer together, and now this. I numbed myself with food. Praying took too much effort. My friends did the heavy prayer lifting for me. I had no energy to form words and thoughts and sentences. Each night, I slept in an uncomfortable fold-out bed, in Pedro's hospital room. I would toss and turn, and just when I would fall asleep, a nurse would come in to check Pedro's vitals, or Pedro would start awake, needing something. The night before, a family friend had arrived to visit. He posed an interesting question that I answered without thinking. He asked, if you could do anything you wanted to do right now, what would it be? I responded with the first thing that popped into my mind, soak in a hot tub. Why don't you do it, he asked. I'll stay here with Pedro, and you find a hotel with a hot tub. I found a place to stay on a bus route and safely made my way to the small hotel. For the first time in months, I luxuriated in a decent night's sleep. The impersonal hotel room and soothing soak in a bath had worked like balm to my broken thoughts and frantic worry. I had arrived back at the hospital feeling as if I could handle the next second, the next minute, the next hour, and maybe even the next decision. My cell phone buzzed and I hurried from the room to take the call. I wish I hadn't. 
Unkind words poured out of the phone and into my ear from someone I trusted, someone I thought was safe and on my side in this battle with cancer berated me with bitter words for what they perceived to be my horrible actions of the night before. They scolded me for spending the night in a hotel. They railed that I would let a stranger spend the night in Pedro's room. Each hurtful word pierced my heart. Mesmerized, all I could do was listen and pray for wisdom and the ability to not utter hateful words back. After what seemed like hours, but surely it was only minutes, I muttered an apology and promised that I would call my tormentor the next time I felt the need for a break, or feared I suffered from caregiver burnout. Broken and wilted once again, I entered Pedro's room. Our family friend looked up and smiled. I'm so glad I could come and that you got a good night's sleep, he said. You need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of Pedro. I nodded numbly. May I pray with you before I leave, he asked. I nodded again and bowed my head. As our dear friend lifted Pedro and I up in prayer, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit draw close and pick the broken shards from my wounded heart. I knew without a doubt that whatever happened, that God would heal my brokenness and he would help me with my burnout. In retrospect, I know I should have done many things different to avoid caregiver burnout, so I'm going to share with you four hacks for you as a caregiver to avoid burnout. And if you're listening and you're not a caregiver, I have four hacks for you on how to look out for signs of burnout in someone who is acting as a family caregiver. Hack number one, take time each day to relax. This might look different for each of you. A brisk walk in nature, writing in a journal, praying, listening to uplifting music, or recording beauty with a cell phone camera might provide an oasis of relaxation. It doesn't have to be hours. Minutes will help. Hack number two, make healthy food choices. Overeating will only make you feel more discouraged and burnt out. Eating well is a form of self-care, a really, really important one. Hack number three, learn to hang up politely. I should have interrupted the phone call with a polite, May we talk about this later? If the caller had answered no, I should have said, I'm sorry you feel this way. I'd be happy to talk to you about this later. And then just hang up. Sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves with healthy boundaries when we are taking care of someone else and that caregiving consumes all of our time. Hack number four, remember it's not about you. That person on the other end of the line was experiencing their own form of trauma because of Pedro's illness. Although the catalog of woes focused on me and all I had supposedly done wrong, in retrospect, I think the caller was really pouring out their worries and grief. So remember, when you're interacting with other people who love the one that you are caring for, sometimes they're going to say things that are hurtful. Learn not to take them personally and to forgive. Now here are four hacks if you are a friend or a loved one of someone who is caregiving for a family member. Hack number one, Watch for signs of burnout, memory loss, inability to make decisions, irritability, changed behavior, depression, and withdrawal from normal activities are all signs of burnout in a family caregiver. Be on the lookout, and if you notice one of these things happening, find a way to help. Hack number two, remember your sphere of influence. Take action based on your relationship to the caregiver. Sometimes it's easier to hear the hard questions from a friend and not a family member. My family members thought I was fine, mostly because I kept assuring them that I was. It took a family friend 
to understand the depth of my caregiver burnout. Hack number three, ask. The question you need to ask is what can I do to ease the burden? Ask the caregiver what one thing they would really like to do and then help them make it so. When other people ask how they can help, it relieves the fear that caregivers have that they exist in isolation. Caring for a family member is a lonely, lonely thing to do, mostly because we feel no one else understands what's going on and all the intricacies of the care that we're giving. But we have to remember to ask good questions, not just, are you okay? Learn to ask questions such as, what one thing can I do to help you? Or would it be helpful if I did? And then list one thing. So for example, would it be helpful if I picked your kids up? Would it be helpful if I mowed your lawn? Would it be helpful if I brought supper over? And hack number four, if you're trying to help a family caregiver, remember it's not about you. Don't feel rejected if the caregiver doesn't accept your offer of help. You might not be the person God has in mind to serve. Don't burden caregivers with your opinions on the job they are doing. Think twice or three or four times before speaking critically. Remember, you want to speak life into caregivers, not make their burden more difficult. So don't forget the eight hacks for family caregivers or friends of family caregivers. Hack number one, take time each day to relax. Hack number two, make healthy food choices. Hack number three, learn to hang up politely. Hack number four, remember it's not about you. Hacks for friends of caregivers. Hack number one, watch for signs of burnout in your caregiver friend. Hack number two, remember your sphere of influence. Hack number three, learn to ask good questions. Don't just use, how are you? And hack number four, remember, it's not about you. Come back next week when I talk about the caregiver meltdown. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together, we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.